Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. So it is October now. It is, or Hacktober, as some of us like to call it. Hacktober, indeed. Um, So I work at Facebook, and uh, there are all these posters posted all around about Hacktober, and, and at Facebook, what it means is... It's a celebration of National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, which is what uh, October officially is. And uh, yeah, they've got contests and workshops and expert talks all designed to remind people about security. Cool. And that is not what we'll be talking about today. Um, Actually, at Civis, we are celebrating something called Hacktoberfest, which may not have any relationship at all. I'm not sure. Uh, but the general idea is trying to get people involved in open source software. So I wanted to talk about that nice. a little bit this week so that folks who wanted to knew how to get involved. Well, they're both good goals, uh, but let's talk about open source today. Sounds great. You are listening to Linear Digressions. So open source software is something that, well, most people know what it is, but for those who don't, it is basically software that is open. You can... Uh, pull down the source code, you can make changes, you can uh, use it often in a fairly unrestricted way, depending on the license. Uh, And the goal is that if a lot of people, if a lot of different people uh, contribute to a piece of software, that software will probably be more secure, it will have fewer bugs, and um, maybe more generalized and, and usable by different people. So you'll find a lot of libraries that people will build their products on top of our open source. Yeah, yeah. So for data scientists and machine learning experts especially, there are some big open source projects that you almost certainly are familiar with. So there's a lot of stuff on CRAN that's open source if you're an R person. Scikit-learn and Pandas are two good examples if you're a Python person. Uh, And like you said, these are community-driven software projects. There aren't in general, companies that are making money off of these, although there are a few companies that that contribute to them or that sponsor the people who really do a lot of the maintenance. Um, But in general, one of the perpetual goals of open source is to continue getting new people involved because these projects live and breathe by the community contributions. And so Hacktoberfest is meant to be a push towards getting new people involved in contributing to open source software or getting people who are already contributing to contribute a little more or to bring uh, new people along with them. Do you remember your first uh, contribution to open source? Yeah, I, it was a it was some documentation in Scikit Optimize, as I recall. It was embarrassingly recently. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I think that my first open source contribution was also documentation. I think I may have just changed the spelling on something or changed a uh, grammar, uh, grammatical error or something like that. Well, I um, think that's actually a really, you... yeah, that's a really good point. It is, well, so I'll put a link in the show notes and on the website, lineardigressions.com to the Hacktoberfest page. And mm-hmm. for a little bit of context here, for people who haven't contributed to open source before, the the unit of work that we usually talk about for code contributions is the pull request, which is some change that you're making to the code base and you're asking uh, the, the people who maintain the code base to accept your uh, contribution and pull it into the repository. And 
so for Hacktoberfest, there's a there's a gimmick if you're really participating. If you submit four poll requests during the month of October, you can get a free T-shirt. Anyway, that was a little bit of a digression. Hey, and sure. you know, a lot of people will do a lot of things <laughs> for free T-shirts. Oh, do I ever know that? <laughs> yeah, but the the point is is that four poll requests is as big or as little as you want it to be. And talking about documentation, I think is actually a really good place to start because documentation can always be better. It's a huge thing for the success of a repository if it has good documentation, but it's also really hard to write and maintain good docs. And so if you're a little bit intimidated by open source and you aren't sure if you feel qualified to be changing the code, starting with the documentation is almost always welcome and it's really, really helpful. And you can just make four really small pull requests sometimes uh, and then you get your t-shirt. Also, there's something that feels really good about contributing to an open source, to open source uh, software or an open source project. And in fact, actually, there are even open source projects that are not software. There's, um, there's actually, I, I wanted to do a project around Hamilton because I'm a big fan of the musical. And it turns out someone transcribed all of the lyrics to Hamilton and put them up on GitHub in this, uh, in this open source project. And then I made, I, I think my pull request to that project was changing all of the smart quotes in the text, because Microsoft Word likes to add these stupid things called smart quotes, changing all of those to normal quotes and changing all the ellipses to dot, dot, dots, or standardizing, all, normalizing all of that stuff. Um, but I, I guess the reason, to, the reason to bring up those small kinds of changes is that uh, I definitely know that when I started, I was very intimidated by the idea of contributing to an open source project. It felt like, first of all, uh, I think probably everyone in any of these industries has a good amount of imposter syndrome. And that means that uh, there's some anxiety thinking that what I write will be out there and other people might hit the bugs that I create or other people might judge me based on the quality of my code. And so making a small change like that is a really good way of getting involved and kind of uh, getting past that anxiety um, uh, until you can actually make some impact. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think if it's your first time contributing to open source, don't even worry too much about making a contribution that's very important. I think a good thing to yeah. think, a good goal for your first, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm thinking a little bit about uh, the marathon that I'm going to be running in a few days. The thing they tell you about your first marathon is don't set a, a time goal for yourself. Just try to finish it. And then after that, you can you can set time goals and that's fine. But for the first one, you just want to experience it. And, and just doing it is enough to be, to feel accomplished. I think with open source, there's something similar where your first pull request don't even worry about, uh, you know, try to make it good, try to make it useful, but don't try to do anything amazing. Get used to the contribution process. Um, submitting the pull request, people might ask you some questions or there's some discussion. There's a chance that they might not accept it and that's that's fine, that's not a big deal. Uh, just learn from it and make your next one better. Understand that's just part of the process and that's, that's fine too. It's opening the pull request that I think should be the goal, not, uh, anything too much more than that and and get settled in on your first one and then you have three more that you can that you can continue to refine so if this is your first time just set the bar in the right place which for me is just 
just getting started. Right. And then one other thing is, depending on where you're coming from, the the tools might be very unfamiliar to you as well. So if you're working at a company that uses version control to manage uh, all of your code and all of that stuff, then you're going to learn those tools because it's part of your workflow. But if you're just kind of hanging out in your basement, uh, playing around with computers because you really like it, you know, and like this is this is a hobby for you, and you haven't put in the work to get used to the tools, then the idea of contributing to open source not only has all of those barriers we've already talked about, but it also has this barrier of like, okay, what is Git? I don't understand, like, mm. what is this about? How do I use it? Um, Am I doing it right? That's a question I've asked myself so many times uh, when I was learning Git. And then later when I was learning uh, Mercurial, because that's what I use at Facebook, it's it's a constant like, wait, am I doing what I think I'm doing? Am I doing what I want to be doing? Or am I using the wrong commands or, or something like that? And so there's, there's some anxiety and, and a good amount of cognitive uh, work that you have to do uh, to get over that hurdle. So if you're not coming from a place where you already know it, that's yet another thing in your way. So if you make a small pull request uh, or a small change, even if it's just documentation, that gets you familiar with the tools too. Yeah, and I think that this raises a good point is there's when you're interacting with these communities via pull requests, there's going to be, in general, more experienced people who are going to be helping you out and reviewing your pull requests and giving you suggestions. And there's a lot of good reasons for why you should be contributing to this. I think it's for the good of the community. It makes for better uh, code overall. But if you're being kind of selfish about it, this is one of the best ways for you to learn because you have some of the world's best coders there, namely the builders and maintainers of these projects. And in general, most of them are really friendly and they're there to help you out. They're not there to embarrass you or to be a jerk. And so, you know, you shouldn't abuse them or treat them as tutors or anything like this, but they will help you out. And you actually learn just a ton, a ton, a ton when you're contributing to these projects because you're working side by side with these really great folks. So from a, a selfish point of view, it's something that is not just for the community good, but I think very much the people who participate in it get a lot out of it most of the time. Now, you mentioned something that, that is interesting. You mentioned that most of them are friendly. But if you read the uh, comments and pull requests, it might not necessarily seem that way. Some people can be terse uh, or very concise. And when I was first starting out, I tended to take that a little bit personally. I thought, oh, no, they don't like this Ben Jaffe guy who keeps popping up on their uh, on uh, in these pull requests. Um, but that's not it at all. So if you encounter anyone who seems terse or short with you or anything like that, it's just that they're probably just really busy and they're just they're hopping into your pull request, they're reading it, they're writing a comment like, this probably won't work because blah, 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 and then they're moving on to the next thing. Um, it's almost never personal when people uh, write criticism of your code um, or of the pull request that you're suggesting. It's pretty much just about the code itself. And it's really hard as a beginner, at least I know for myself it was, to separate those two things out. One thing that can be intimidating around the open source etiquette is just also, yeah, knowing if you're doing it right, because some, some libraries do have preferences uh, about the way that they want people to contribute, because they have lots and lots of contributors, and you need to have a little bit of order to that chaos. 
So there are a few links that we'll have on LinearDigressions.com to some really good uh, open source guidelines, both for contributors and for also for people who build and maintain these packages. How do you make them welcoming to newcomers? Uh, these are also linked to from the Hacktoberfest main page. If you find that, uh, we'll have a link to that as well. Um, but the main thing that I want to say that they make as a, as a really good point is that most of these big libraries uh, or big projects have uh, a file in the main repo called contributing.md. And this is just a text file that has sort of the rules of the road for how they want people to contribute. So that's actually a really great place to get started. It can It's where the maintainers will write their preferences for how they want people to contribute. And so with that in hand, you have uh, a much better chance of interacting with those folks the way that they want to be. And then that can help everybody, uh, you know, stay friendly and in a good mood and the expectations are in the right place. So that's a really great place to, that's like a, a great first place to start reading if you're interested in, in participating in one of these things. And it gives you a lot of tips about here's how we want you to proceed if you want to be participating. And then of course, the flip side of that too, is if you're one of the maintainers of these projects, this is maybe something you've already thought about. Uh, but you should have one of those. It really helps out the community and the newcomers. Definitely. And uh, some people put that information in the README. But yeah, contrib sure. uh, the contributor file is kind of like the instruction manual for developers as opposed to the, the instruction manual for people using the library. Yep. So if you're interested in this, I highly recommend it. Like I said, I think it's one of the best things you can do for the open source community and for yourself, quite frankly. Um, and the last thing I'll say is that there's a lot of really good information in the guides that we've mentioned a couple times in this podcast. So one last plug, uh, if you Google for Hacktoberfest, you can find the main page and then there are a couple of really good guides for contributors and maintainers that they have links to there. And we will have links to those on LinearDigressions.com as well. This feels like the programmer version of Inktober, which is make a, make an ink drawing every day in October. And I was going to do that, and it's already October f uh, whatever, 5th, and I haven't made a single drawing because it requires that I do something every single day, and that's really hard. Uh, this is one a week. One contribution a week. Although by the time we release you, this, we'll probably be at least a week into October. So hop to, folks. One contribution every five days. You can do it. <laughs> Happy hacking. Linear Digressions is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share or use it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. You can always get in touch with either of us. Our emails are ben at LinearDigressions.com and katie at LinearDigressions.com in case you have comments or suggestions for future shows. You can tweet us at Lynn Digressions. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.